Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Well, we miss Sue Thomas this week. She's off. She'll be back on Thursday afternoon. Abby's here and Fred, of course, and we'll have uh, Fred's news in just a couple of minutes. Fred, well, I should mention, too, that Brian Kilmeade's coming up here in just a little bit. we got John Ziegler from the West Coast. I want to talk to Zig about the uh, the fire underneath the 10 freeway. And Gavin Newsom says that thing's going to be closed from three to five weeks. That That's a major, major that's issue. That's hard to imagine. Yeah. So I asked John this question yesterday because they're— there's a couple of different reasons that the fire started, but one of the reasons is, in fact, that there were homeless encampments underneath these um, freeways. There was also uh, like a storage yard or they were storing pallets. So I don't know exactly what I said to John was, OK, what caused this fire? Was it the storage facilities that were weirdly underneath the highways or was it the homeless encampments or is it a mix of both? And he said, I think it's a mix of both, but he'll have some updates for us here this afternoon. We'll talk about um, Gavin Newsom cleaning up San Francisco and and all that stuff because President Xi from China is visiting. And I know that John's going to have some thoughts on all the uh, presidential stuff. So we get to that. Charles Lipson from the University of Chicago has been writing about some of these campus protests on Israel. And we'll get to that as well. Fred, before you do Susan News, I, I just wanted to throw this in. I you know, they kind of hooked me yesterday. You know how you get these alerts from the different media sources that you subscribe to. So the right. Wall Street Journal blasted over something yesterday, and um, the headline got me for sure. And it said she charges $550 for 90 minutes and has a wait list of 7,600 people. She is not a prostitute. I just want to be clear on that <laughs> from the uh, from the get-go here. You know what it is, so I can't ask you, but th- this would be something I'd love Sue's opinion on, so I might have to bring it up. She is a pet psychic. A pet psychic, Fred. Does that mean, what does that mean? Well, let me just read you the story here a little bit, all right? Tech worker and part-time trainer, dog trainer, Maddie Guy, 33, couldn't figure out what was going on with her English Springer Spaniel rudder. He was being snippy with other dogs and facing a medical issue so mysterious that every test had been run and a doggy MRI ordered. Comfort came in the form of a birthday present from friends, a phone session with an animal communicator. So Maddie Guy lives in Chicago, says the communicator, while looking at a picture of Rudder, began talking with the dog. She informed Guy that Rudder was being cautious with other dogs because he wasn't sure if he could trust his front legs in the event that the dog wasn't friendly. (laughs) Several months later, 
again, this is in the Wall Street Journal. This is not like the National Enquirer or something like that. Several months later, Rudder's front legs started wobbling and his eyes looked goofy. Guy remembered the conversation. She called the vet, shared what had been said, and requested a neural consult. The vet wasn't phased, saying other clients had referenced animal communicators before. Rudder is now on seizure medication. So, uh, you know, I think most people, and I would certainly be somewhat skeptical here, but I guess the point of this story is that pet psychics, Fred, are making their way from the fringe to socially acceptable. Now, I will say this <laughs> about regular medicine, you know, like our Western medicine with right. doctors, no offense to the doctors out there, but I do have an opinion, and this isn't really a slight on doctors, it's just kind of the way it is. Look, they throw darts a lot. They don't, they don't know exactly what's going on. You try different treatments, medication, and to see if something's going to work. So there's not always an exact diagnosis. And I do think that alternative medicine has some merit to it. And there's a variety of alternative medicines. So it's hard for me to completely rule this out as serious. But on the other hand, we're people and they're animals, you right? Know, they're dogs. I was skeptical when you started that story. I think I'm still skeptical, but that's pretty, you know, pretty well, scary that it worked. They, they feature, well, you know, in theory, I guess it worked, but these are people that believe we love our pets, right? We'll do anything well, for our pets. What do you think would happen if, if a psychic sat down with your zoo of well, an, here, animals? Okay, that would be interesting because the Duke, who is, he's no longer a puppy, he's four at this point, but he's the youngest in the, well, we have cats that are younger, it doesn't matter, but he is the sweetest dog on the planet, but man, he gets so scared. Like, he'll get afraid of, when I played loud music, um... And I'm, I clean the house. I'm the cleaner. So I play music when I clean, and he doesn't like that. He doesn't like the vacuum. Like, if he sees the vacuum, he'll start shaking. Oh. He's the biggest, you know, wuss on the planet. So I think that I would have a, <laughs> a, a doggy shrink look at that. But they feature a couple people in here, Fred. They say Dawn Allen, 48 years old. She's from Massachusetts. She's been working as an animal communicator for 25 years, 30 phone sessions a week at a rate of $85 for 40 minutes. That's not the rate that I referred to in the headline. They feature some other people here um, that are more expensive. Nikki Vasquez, former lawyer, started working as an animal communicator four years ago. By the way, Fred, tell me this isn't something we need to do. Are you kidding? This is going to pay better than radio. <laughs> we can do this. I fail. We can fake people out. Early in her career, a video she made about a session with a dog named Albie went viral. The dog told her, Fred, that he didn't like his nickname. She says that he didn't specify what it was only that it made people think he was large and overweight. Those were his exact words, Fred. I later found out his nickname was Big Al. <laughs> Vasquez, who's 34 and lives outside of Philadelphia, says during phone sessions with clients, she has connected with hundreds of house pets, including dogs, cats, and turtles, horses, cows, pigs. There was a camel. There was a bearded dragon that were one-offs. Um, <laughs> sessions are 500 hundred fifty dollars for 90 minutes she has a wait list of 7600 plus people she says that she not only understands messages from animals but can also channel what they're feeling in her own body okay so what do you think of that this is where you know sue doesn't like stuff like that i don't think she buys into stuff like this at all right right remind me to bring this up with her because I don't know what to believe. Oh. I think that someone like that is going to get a lot of attention because people are going to tell other people that it works. Now, does it work or do you just feel that it works? Or did that one, like, just hit one shot on the dartboard and it worked? Yeah. I I didn't, I knew that there were people like that, but I had no idea that someone could charge $550 an hour. That's more than my shrink, and my shrink's expensive, <laughs> by the way. I just want to tell that's, you. That's She's what we $450 could, an hour. Again, I'm thinking that's our future. 
Mark, when we're done here? Uh, we need to kind of investigate this. Maybe Sue and Fred and Mark and Abby, when radio <laughs> goes away, which might be any day now, we can we can, we can look into that. All right, let's do this here. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service. Call 636-674-6446. I just wanted to start this today by thanking Abby. Abby was in charge of our Thanksgiving potluck meal, which was today at the station. And holy cow, we had so much food. It was we amazing. Did. Yeah. And it was wonderful. So thank you thank for you. all your hard work. It means a lot to me. It was great. It was great. I, I was very confused as to why, because I don't pay attention to details. And I saw <laughs> something about like a sign up for a potluck dinner. And what did I say, though, Abby? Here's what I told her a couple weeks ago, and I didn't know the date. I thought I would be able to donate a little venison sausage to the. That's uh, true. But that wouldn't yeah. have been ready until probably early next week. And then it's a moot point because I did not kill a deer over the weekend. So doesn't doesn't yeah. matter. So then when I walked in today and I saw these people with the food and I said, wait a second, what's going on? And then she had to tell me that, yeah. Now, there were some things available for uh, capture out there, Fred. I grabbed a little gooey butter cake. Good. So there's other stuff out Lots there as well. Of but desserts. Abby, fine job. Thank you for- Everybody you. brought in a homemade product Yeah. that they could. So it was great. We had a great time. Turned out well. Well, thank you. So let's go ahead and um, find out about this uh, the Beatles song. You remember that Beatles song we talked about a couple weeks ago? The uh, so, AI one? Uh, well, this is the Now and Then song. Yeah, that was the one that was right. created. It was created with some right. artificial intelligence. Right. So the Beatles have now made a return to Billboard's Hot 100 chart for the first time since 1996. What was it in 96? Um, Must have been a re-release of something, right? Yeah, I don't think I know that. Um, their final song, Now and Then, debuted at number seven this week. Uh, that's the most 35 top 10 songs, the most for any group. Rolling Stones are at 23 at their second. Chicago and the Supremes are tied for third with 20 songs each. Uh, the Beatles also lead with the most hot 100 hits overall for a group with 72. And they've become the 13th act to have a top 10 hit in four decades. The 60s, the 70s, the 90s, and the 2020s. The only other group to do that is Aerosmith. Did you skip the 80s there? They had no okay, number one hit. Right, in, <laughs> no, wait, 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 I mean, in, in fairness, I don't remember a lot of the 80s either. Those are my drinking days, but I just wanted to make sure. Or the there, 2000s right? or the 2010s. Okay. Yeah. So last week, we were talking about a possible Seinfeld reunion sort of episode or being redone again. Well, I think I and missed we, that. Oh, was that the day I was out? Could have been. Monday when I was out. Might have been. So anyway, so there's, there's talk about there's going to be either a Seinfeld reunion or a revival. But that's news to Jason Alexander, who played George Costanza on Seinfeld. He says, uh, apparently they don't need George because he hasn't heard anything about it. And he well, says... that tells you it's not going to happen. He says, yeah. and apparently they might not need Elaine either because Julia Louis-Dreyfus says she doesn't know anything about it either. And Michael Richards the other day told him he didn't know anything about it at all either. So wait, wait, where did the story come from? So then? it either looks like Jason's trying to keep it a secret or Seinfeld is prematurely teasing okay. something. It, it could be the they're trying to keep the it a secret. Is it really needed? I don't think it's that. There's there's no way they're going to do some reunion without the main characters of the maybe, show. Maybe it's Seinfeld for all of it. That, yeah. One we'll man show. Happens. A show. She does it all. All about Seinfeld as opposed <laughs> to all about nothing. Uh, so uh, Santa might have some competition this year. American skier Michaela Schifrin has won a Women's World Cup slalom 
in a weekend competition in Finnish Lapland. Schifrin, you know, in addition to the medal, also won a reindeer. <laughs> and a reindeer is a traditional prize for the race in... Are you kidding? No, in Levi, <laughs> Finland. Uh, it's Actually, it's, it's Schifrin's seventh reindeer that she's won. But you can't really import them to the U.S., can you? That's why the reindeer stay on a local farm yes. in Finland. Right. So she either visits them by FaceTime or who knows what she that's does. That's hilarious. Huh. Yeah, so that's her seventh. Does she have to handle the cost of one, the feeding and everything? <laughs> I don't know. That'd Can be a, she so that'd rent be a some of those prize. to Santa? One, one more reindeer and she'd have enough to lead a sleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here's something. We've all heard of shrinkflation where companies make their products a little bit smaller but still charge you the same price, sort of like an uh, inflation illusion. Well, it's apparently now trickled down to a classic cookie. Here's some sound about that. It's an Oreo and you can eat it anyway. Fans claim Oreos have gotten suspiciously smaller. They accuse the company of cutting back on the cream filling. One tells the Wall Street Journal there's so much less stuff between the two chocolate cookies now, the fork broke when he jabbed it in the middle, as he's always done, to dunk it in a glass of milk. And double stuffs, he claims, now contain the same amount of filling as a regular Oreo. Maker Mondelez makes no admission to shrinkage, but says it's used a variety of strategies to combat higher costs Mm. for ingredients like cocoa and sugar. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. I, I can't remember. There was something recently, I have to think about it here, that I noticed definitely was shrinkflation. I think we're all noticing oh, these yeah. things, right? But sometimes it's in smaller amounts. Sometimes the packaging is just a little smaller. Mm-hmm. My problem with this story is the guy says he s- sticks his fork into the Oreo and dunks it in yeah. his milk. Really? You, st- you stick your fork? Thing. Oh, I don't do it. it. I eat it in another I mean, wait, weird I, way. I will dunk it with my hand. You said that's a pretty normal thing. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Put their fork into an Oreo? Yeah, cookie? you just, and then it's a mess free dunking. It makes well. sense, but I've never seen it before. <laughs> and then right? you, it's you hard also... to challenge the, the concept, but <laughs> I've never heard of I that know. before. Then you also don't lose your Oreo at the bottom of the cup, which is a big problem. That is. All right. Look, I, Fred. I'm, I know. I'm on team no fork, but it, it is <laughs> hard to go against the yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. The logic there. <laughs> yeah, uh, the I don't know if we talked about. I don't think we talked about this yet. The Hall, Toy Hall of Fame, the National Toy Hall of Fame. No, like has the new toys and yeah, stuff. They've yeah. announced their their finals. We've talked before about what was possible. Right. To be in. They've picked the uh, four apps, new entries to to the Hall of Fame for toys. Uh, baseball cards was chosen. Cabbage Patch Kids. The Fisher Price corn popper and Nerf products. And those all seem like pretty solid choices to me. I would Baseball so. cards, are those a toy? Kids play yeah. with them. I got them for Christmas. Right, so I, I guess suppose so. so. That yeah. seems odd though, yeah. Oh. I don't know. Um here's here's one. Uh, a piece of sounds coming up here about holiday movies. It's if you're a holiday movie junkie, uh, this job may be just for you. <laughs> TV.com is hiring a chief of cheer. The position pays $2,500 to watch 25 holiday movies in 25 days. Santa's coming to town. You need to keep track of each movie and rank it across three categories. Nostalgia, heartwarming storytelling, and holiday cheer. You'll also have to rank seven streamers you'll get for free on their Christmas and Hanukkah offerings. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. I'm in. How do you get that gig? That I sounds know. like Find a fun gig. I, can I do know. That I think we could do that. 
I'm full of cheer. Let's you know, do it. When we talked about, it was last week, I think, maybe the week before, we talked about Elf, and we all loved yeah, Elf. Yeah, right? we did. And we do. You know, it's funny. I think I mentioned at the time, there are a lot of movies. I used to watch It's a Wonderful Life every right, single year too. for many, many years. I haven't watched that movie in its entirety in probably a decade because I've seen it 50. It's one of my favorite right. movies of all time. I'm nothing against it. It's just you see things. Same thing with Elf. I would watch it so much. But this might be the year where, you know, I go back and, and watch some of those films that I, that I haven't really seen before. You know, like recently like my daughter who's eight now i think would have an appreciation for elf she watched it when she was four or five or whatever she wouldn't remember it right so right. this would be a good year for that hallmark channel don't they have the like 25 who or are you days? dave klein hallmark <laughs> channel fred wow producer emeritus dave movies. klein that's, that's his right. type I'm of channeling movies. david klein all right sue's news brought to you by mr appliance.com for speedy expert service call mr appliance.com 636 Six seven four six four four six. Today's random fact: Qatar Airways, or Qatar, depending on what you want to say, has a strict policy for falcons on their planes. Only six are allowed on each flight, and only one falcon per passenger. So I had no idea flying falcons was a thing, especially in Qatar. I, there you go. That's why it's a random fact, uh, Fred. I will say that. So we'll be back on Thursday. We've got one more edition of Fred's News tomorrow. Mr. Kilmeade, who's coming to St. Louis two weeks from this Friday, and we'll give you ticket information. This thing is selling hot right now. He joins us next for his weekly conversation, 97.1 FM Talk. Hang in there. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. My friend John Ziegler from Los Angeles, the co-host of the podcast The Death of Journalism. John will weigh in on a bunch of things, including the uh, shutdown of the 10 in L.A. because there was a homeless encampment and some other things that caught on fire. That is a major, major story. Also, the president of China is in California, and he'll have some thoughts on the presidential race as well. Brian Kilmeade back with us this afternoon for his weekly conversation. Brian, welcome back. How are you? Oh, good. Uh, Mark, thanks for having me on. Hey, before we get into some of the issues here, and this will come as no surprise to you, we are almost sold out for this event on December 1st. Ticket sales have been red hot. I am not exaggerating that. There's a lot of excitement for it, so that's pretty cool, I would say. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be great. Uh, I believe is that a, that's a Friday night, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it's just in a couple of weeks when you think about it. Two weeks from this Friday, December 1st, Brian's coming in, and you can go to our 97.1 Talk uh, events page uh, and get tickets now. But I will tell you, candidly, this is going to sell out probably by the end of this week. So grab them now while you can. He'll be coming in with uh, his new book. You get a signed copy of the book, a little meet and greet, a great dinner in Eureka at Brookdale Farm. So it's going to be a spectacular event. We're calling it a Kill Me Christmas if you will. You better have some, you know, Christmas things on that night, Kill Me, a Christmas suit or something, I think. 
Well, you know what? Or, or I'll weave a Christmas tale. <laughs> now, is this fifteen or 20,000 people? Uh, it might be twenty two, twenty three. I mean, standing room only oh, okay, might push us bad. to there. Now we'll we'll have good numbers that night for sure. That'd be great. How about this pro Israel rally today on the National Mall? The numbers were pretty impressive, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, I just texted someone there who's there, and they think it's two hundred thousand, and they said uh, one speech was better than the next. Very emotional uh, for a lot of people there, especially if they're Jewish, they feel like they're under attack, and then to, to look around and see that there's a lot of people who just don't demonstrate, uh, but are, that have their back. I think they, they left hearing that. It was good to hear Hakeem Jeffries as well as the yeah. Speaker of the House. It was good to hear Van Jones uh, as well as uh, Deborah Messing, you know, the actress, uh, right? She's a left. Yes, actress. But I mean, she's pretty much way on the left. So it kind of bl- it's blurring party lines, which is good. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know if you've touched this at all. I spent quite a bit of time on my show yesterday on the uh, the Barry Weiss speech at the Federalist Society that she gave. And I don't know if you paid attention to that, but it was powerful. And I think she makes the case in a very strong case that this is not just about what's happening in the Middle East. This is about Western civilization. Yeah, who would think that we'd have to convince people what side to be on? And that's, that was her point. That was her speech. I run, I'm going to run an excerpt this weekend. I'm going to interview Mitch Album. Yeah, and I think we're going to bump in with that, and because his new book is about, it goes back to the Holocaust, where they took an honest guy, and they had him walk around, convince people to get on the trains, everything's going to be good. When they get on the train, they were actually going to a concentration camp, and he happened to write this, not even obviously even foreseeing that this would be in the news. Well, Douglas Murray and Piers Morgan got into it last week, and I thought Douglas Murray did a great job talking about how even, not to throw sympathy or empathy on the Nazis, but even the Nazis had some remorse for what they're doing. And people keep talking about, Brian, this this video, and I, I think you may have even alluded to maybe seeing part of it, the unedited video from um, Hamas that the Israelis released, because you can see the horrors and the glee. I mean, they, they were happy that they were doing They were texting mom and dad at home and calling. That That's, that's a different category of evil. It is. That's what everybody says. Uh, you know, they, or they people. Not only some people don't want to hear the facts, so people don't want to see it. It's not available to everybody. But then other people deny it, which is insane. Well, well one thing that's I don't know if you've addressed this with with any guests up until this point, but in, we're going to be a long way away of figuring out who will run Gaza when all this is over. But who did the pro-Palestinian? people think should run Gaza when all this is over? Uh, a, a terrorist group? I mean, Hamas can't be the government of Gaza, so what's the answer there? Well, that's, you know, even Netanyahu hasn't figured that out yet. They're, they're open, and he even said the other night, we're open to suggestions because the Palestinian Authority is absolutely comically weak, and they've been totally dominated, and they're corrupt. You know, one, one guy's richer than the next. You know, Abbas got 35 a million dollars in the bank. He's got a plane. Uh, all the money we give goes to them. It doesn't go to the people. So I don't know if that Palestinian's out there yet. But there were, there's got to be some type of, I mean, I've never seen UN really effectively, bureaucratically do something like this. But it can't be Hamas. It can't play any type of role. And I don't know anybody uh, out there. I really can't name them. If, if Israel can't name them, I can't name them. But they, they don't want to stay. Everyone's like, oh, you can't stay. They're like, no kidding. We don't want to stay. But we can't, we cannot let it be governed by these people. 
Do you find it interesting that Congresswoman Tlaib is still shouting into her microphone that the majority, she keeps telling the administration that the majority of the American people are for a ceasefire. Uh, she keeps repeating that, interestingly enough. Well, there is a lot. You know, there's a lot. They don't even want any retribution at all for what they did. So, and they are mostly younger. You see these stories about how stabs on Capitol Hill, Republican and Democrat, if they're younger, they're urging the senators, the congressmen to uh, to moderate their views in the White House. I have seen especially that. Especially yeah. in the State Department. So, I mean, sadly, she's not really that off. But I don't think it's a majority. And if people understood the gravity, I wouldn't feel they could see that. But listen, if you see, there are Palestinian children being hurt by this. And I was listening to the uh, the New York Times podcast, and they went live in those hospitals. And you hear about all the children. You hear them screaming, and it's nobody's intention. But there is there is collateral damage, and that's what they see. But they're also sympathetic to them. So you want, you want it to stop, but do you want it to stop in Ukraine too? Because there are kids being killed in Ukraine. Should Russia, why don't you plead with Russia to stop bombing innocent people in Ukraine? Because Ukraine is not promising innocent people. If people do get killed, it's not, actually they don't aim for. I don't know anybody if they killed any civilians, Russian civilians, where Russia is actually aiming for them. So where is that outcry? Why aren't people? Uh, why aren't people lining up to to protest Russia? Yeah, it's funny. That thing has been uh, not really funny, but ironic. It's just been off the the pages. This has just dominated everything for the last six weeks. Let's shift to the swamp just a little bit. Brian Kilmeade back with us this afternoon. Looks like the House gets uh, a little bit more time with a CR that avoids a government shutdown. Speaker Mike Johnson has to shepherd these things through with the Freedom Caucus. Brian, still very opposed to what he's doing. It's a clean CR, which I, I, I think was rejected by these folks in the past. But where does this take us? Another few months, right? Yeah, uh, you know, there's two phases to it, and uh, take it through January, and I think people uh, want to get home. They they see Thanksgiving staring them straight ahead. Mm-hmm. They don't want to stick around and oust another speaker. But how unbelievable is it that he's going to get uh, two-thirds of the House? And when Kevin McCarthy did that, they got rid of him. He said, I had no option. I, I, pre- I presented something with cuts and couldn't get everybody, all the Republicans, there weren't enough cuts. So I couldn't get any CR, Matt Rosendale and those uh, in that cluster of people. So because of that, they pass something and then they bring up to oust uh, Kevin McCarthy and they get rid of him 22 days later. They get a new speaker. This guy does the same exact thing. And I had him on. We had him on this morning. I don't know if you want to use that sound. You had you had um, Johnson on this morning. Yep, you have the speaker. You might want to grab it. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to get some of that for sure. Did you see, now, did you see the whole thing that kind of bubbled up this afternoon with Tim Burkett from Tennessee claiming that McCarthy sort of nudged him and pushed him when he was doing an interview? Say he hit him in the kidneys. Yeah. I mean, McCarthy's furious. And can you blame him? I mean, these eight people, he had 200 and all those votes, and these eight people put the house into chaos. They totally screwed him. He was out there wheeling and dealing with cuts, and now he got a worse deal, and these guys now vote for it. So think about this. He probably <laughs> wants to strangle him. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and this guy's saying it's God's will that he's doing this, and I interviewed him the next day. He made absolutely no sense. Matt Rosendale is another knucklehead who just doesn't want He says, I will never sign a continuing resolution. So, okay, Chip Roy, 
was working with Kevin McCarthy. So he got the whole free, almost, he actually got the whole Freedom Caucus. And he didn't get, and, and, and Johnson didn't get the whole Freedom Caucus. So that's Kevin McCarthy's furious. And Burchett, I think, is a, a total clown. Well, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, Interesting moment. Hey, can you, you know, one story I haven't gotten into here in the last few days, and I find it fascinating, and we're not hearing as much about it, you know, locally here as you would be out east, but this whole Eric Adams investigation, can you explain that, and how serious might that be for the mayor of New York? Well, I'm telling you, I I wouldn't doubt that it's related to the fact that he's been extremely critical of the president, doing some damage to the president, and uh, justifiably because, we are absolutely overwhelmed with illegal immigrants. We literally have no place to put them, none. And we brought them to Floyd Bennett Field, and that's a field in the Bronx. And they said, nope, we're not going to get out. We're not getting off the bus. We don't like it. Think about that. So next thing you know, evidently, there's some uh, people that have solicited money within his camp uh, from the country of Turkey. He's visited Turkey. He might have helped them. Uh, purchase a building that they now consider their embassy. So a lot of this stuff, I don't, on the surface, what's the big deal? You have the Turkish government come down and you say, hey, listen, we want to be able to buy this building. You're the mayor. You don't get any money from it. Say, hey, who owns this building? It would be great to have Turkey in, in Manhattan. They want, a, they want a bigger building, rent a bigger location. That works for the city. Pay more money. And he did it. But evidently, there's some people there that are extraordinary, uh, have an extraordinary relationship with him. Maybe he's gone too far, but think about this. If you need his phone, you could go to his house. You could just let him know we need it. We'll go to your office. Instead, they wait for him to go to a public place, and they take it from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, I don't know what he's up to, but it was serious enough for him to get off a plane as he was en route to the White House to talk to them along with other mayors, Democratic mayors, about the severity of this situation. So I, I get the sense— that it's pretty bad. Uh, but, you know, whether he's going to have to fight it out and whether this is something that the government should be pursuing, is this White House pursuing it because they just want justice or they're pursuing it because here's a, here's a critic of ours doing some damage, so why don't we rein him in? Yeah, these dynamics are fascinating, certainly something to keep an eye on. Brian Kilmeade, you have One Nation on Saturday night. You mentioned Mitch Albin. You got anything else planned right now? Um. Good question. We're working on a few things, but we're probably going to go live again. So uh, we'll do uh, one story about the book of think it's relevant with the news and race. So Teddy and Booker T on two American icons plays a path to, uh, to uh, racial equality. We're going to be focusing. We'll do something on that. I'm leaning towards China because it's a little bit uh, – it's getting a little bit under the wire, uh, under, the, under the news cycle. That's true. We're going to see what's hot, hot by this weekend. Yeah, I love the fact that um, Gavin Newsom cleaned up the, um, you know, the homeless situation in San Francisco and, and then basically admitted, yeah, we just did this because of President Xi. He couldn't even help himself. He couldn't, you know, I, I think he kind of wanted to make that up, but he couldn't even do it in mid-sentence. So he said, yeah, that's why we're doing it, right? And those people are so furious. They're like, you could have made our lives better. You could have made our commute safer. Instead, you wait for uh, 25 world leaders to come in and then you clean the place up. This is exactly what Rudy Giuliani did. The first thing he did, he's talked to sanitation. He says, we're going to need you to pick up twice a day. If you can get uh, this early, we're going to give you incentives. And the next thing you know, people are picking up the garbage. They go, no, we got a crime problem. He goes, we got to start somewhere. 
and he went and did it in two days, this guy. That means you can do it. Yep, that the does mean. There. Right, that does mean you can do it. All right, uh, thank you very much. You have a great week. 97.1 FM, talk.com, backslash events. If you'd like to buy tickets for the event on December 1st, again, it's going to sell out relatively quickly, so grab those. And, Brian, we'll talk next week. Thank you. Go get it, Mark. Hey, that's Brian Kilmeade with us for his weekly conversation. we got another shooting downtown right next to Enterprise Center. I'll fill you in coming up. Well, I hadn't mentioned this yet today because I wasn't sure of the details, but there has been a shooting outside of uh, Enterprise Center earlier this afternoon, a couple hours ago. There's a Blues game tonight, so you may or may not be affected by this. But here's the report from our... Um, our sister station down the hall at KMOX, a man is shot and injured after being shot in downtown at 14th and Clark. St. Louis police report the male victim's injuries are thought to be non-life-threatening. Uh, blah, blah, blah. There's an investigation. Let me, let me just explain what's going on over there. Okay, now I can't be certain of this right now. I don't know exactly the circumstances. But let me take a stab, ladies and gentlemen. Let me go back to about a month ago, and I told you this story. I was walking over. I went. I had the day off. I'm walking over to Enterprise from this building right here. We're two blocks away. I'm going to see this band, the 1975. I knew they were going on at 8.30. I wasn't in a rush. I park here. I walk over. It's 8.10. I'm crossing at 14th and Market. There's no cops. There's the homeless encampment that has moved from City Hall and the little park that's right across from City Hall that we are adjacent to here at Park Pacific. Remember, Kamala came in town. They closed the parks for renovations. There are, there are, you know, fencing. There's fencing around City Hall in this park that says closed for renovations. So the homeless people picked up their tents. They moved to the dilapidated courts building. And then two weeks after I told that story last week, there was a shooting right there at 14th and Market. A couple of the people that were, you know, hanging out at the homeless encampment. Today, how much do you want to bet? Now, I could be wrong about this, right? How much do you want to bet that it's related to that? So... Along those lines, I sent an email last week to a guy by the name of Greg Hayes, who's the parks director for the city of St. Louis. And I said, Mr. Hayes, can you give me some information about the, quote, park renovations, unquote, that are going on at City Hall and in the park across the street? And I put that in quotes. I didn't hear back. It was Wednesday. Thursday, I sent another uh, email. Maybe it was Thursday, and then Friday, I sent an email. said, I was thinking maybe I wasn't specific enough with my question, so I thought I'd ask it again. One way or the other, I believe this would be public information, so I think the people of St. Louis and surrounding areas should know what the plan is. Maybe you could recommend someone who would have the answer. What's the budget for the renovations? I put renovations in quotes. What's the exact renovation plan? I put renovation in quote. Just answers like that. Not a big ask. Please advise. Have a great weekend. So I didn't hear back. Mr. Hayes responded yesterday. Yesterday. Ironically, after I mentioned his name on the air, I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Good afternoon, Mr. Reardon, and I apologize for the delay with my reply, but Friday was a city holiday. Of course it was. I'm, there's not enough city holidays. I'm, I'm so glad that you had the day off. Uh, please see the link below, which is applicable to your request, and we will follow up with you. So what he sent me was a Sunshine Law request. So what Mr. Hayes is asking is I can't and and I'm not a resident of the city of St. Louis. I'm just someone who works here and pays the earnings tax, right? They won't tell me what the renovation plans are unless I file an official sunshine law request, which is something that legally usually media organizations do, not individuals. I guess I'm both, right? So my response to Mr. Hayes was, and I'm telling you this, this is an unsafe situation down there. And the mayor should know it. Mr. Hayes should know it. The police chief should know this is it's unsustainable to have all these people hanging out right across from Stiefel and Enterprise and bad things are happening. And someone who's innocent could get killed. Right. Janae Edmondson situation. So I said to Mr. Hayes, thank you. It's just so strange that you can't simply share the info. 
Mysterious that you're making me sunshine this. Go figure. Why not just answer this way? Mark, there are currently no plans to renovate those areas. We just put those signs up because the mayor told us to, because the VP was coming into town. I mean, wouldn't that be easier? I said, come on, put a couple of smiley face emojis. And I did get a response from that. He said, Mark, as I noted, we do have a process for such requests. Thank you and have a good evening. It's embarrassing what's happening in the city of St. Louis. And something even worse than what happened a couple of weeks ago and then what happened today, if it's just a couple of homeless guys shooting at one another, who really cares? Until someone going to a blues game or a concert gets gunned down in the crossfire. Do something about it. It's not that hard. It's not safe. You wonder why people don't come downtown. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 